Wednesday, dudes, and you know what that means. It's Mommy Groove! Wow. Oh my god. That was perfect. Um, Guys, we have a couple of updates on things that happened last week. We're going to fill you in on where we're at with those. And then we are getting into the topic of success. In all aspects of our life, have we reached it? Will we ever reach it? How do we measure it? How do we measure it? Yeah. And but, then we get deep, and maybe someone other than Orly cries. Yes, maybe. but we also have some updates first on some stuff that went down in last week's episode. So yeah, we, let's we, get we already it. said that. Oh, did we I? Already said that. Oh, thanks, for, thanks for listening. Let's go. Wait. <laughs> All right, Orly. Last episode, you were super emotional oh about little Blakey in the water. So what? Any Shocker. Updates on her? Who turned out to be the crier in this group? <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Not the pregnant lady. Not the pregnant lady. You're showing us your vulnerable side. I like it. Yeah, or my crazy side. Um, Yeah, so I obviously, I got really freaked out when we were talking last week, just because I felt like a lot of the, obviously some of the symptoms seemed really connected. And then also I just feel like I've always been sort of relaxed around the water. Like I've been in the water my whole life. I just, the kids knew how to, learned how to swim. And I always felt like Mike was a little like helicopter parent-y. As a plane flies over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helicopter, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I was always like, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. Like, I don't leave them alone, but I like didn't stress about it. So anyway, after I realized all the little ways in which, like, dry drowning and the, like, after drowning or whatever, all the different secondary drowning, um, I got spooked. So I did bring her back to the doctor. Everything's fine. She's totally fine. It was Good. this, like, viral infection. Everything that they told me the first time was accurate. But it did prompt me to... So on 4th of July, we were at a beach house. So we were we go to this one house every year, um, although this is unfortunately the last year. And sometimes they're in the ocean, really not like swimming in the ocean, but like running in and out yeah. of the water. But then there's this little pool on the deck and they're in the pool a lot. And normally I'm just kind of like, I'm there, but I'm not really paying attention. And after we talked, I like sat at the foot of the pool and was just kind of like... if. My family can come sit with me. Like, they can sit with me if they want to talk. I'm not leaving one of them alone because just who knows what if I don't notice something yeah. and then she's coughing later and I'm not really sure if something happened. Like, I don't want to freak myself out. So not only was I really on her, but I also ended up reading this article that I thought was fascinating. So it was on Motherly and this drowning investigator wrote an article as like a plea to parents to say, these are the things that I do with my kids And this is my career. So I just wanted to give a couple of the tips because they were things I had never thought about. So this first one, I guess is obvious, but I would have never done it. And he says, or she says, I actually don't know if it's a man or a woman, that whenever they get to a new pool, there's like a safety briefing. And the kids know they're not allowed to go in the water until they get their briefing. So it's like the information. Where can you dive? Where can you not dive? What part of the pool can you swim in? Where can you not go? Just like the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. So they're clear on what's allowed in the pool. The next one is the height levels. So especially at public pools, there are numbers telling you what they are. And he goes, the um, height levels as it pertains to each child's height. So I'll say, okay, the four feet for my youngest daughter, you know, that's going to be, you know, a foot above your head. You are going to be treading water in order to stay above. For my son, that's at his eyeballs. Still no airway is sure he can stand, but there's no airway available. Mm -hmm. So I give them the lay of the land as far as the heights are concerned as it pertains to each of them. This was the one that I thought was super interesting and I would have never thought about, especially because... My kids are actually really good swimmers. So he said what happens is that a lot of times the stronger swimmers will attract the weaker swimmers because when the weaker swimmers 
get panicked or freaked out or tired, they grab that onto the stronger so swimmers sense. to hold on and they drag them down. And kids will actually drown because another kid is using them to hold themselves up and that kid Like they is, would their parent or someone yeah. that's in the pool with them. That, that exactly. makes so much sense. So what he says is, uh, one of the things I teach him is how to get away. So he said he calls it, or again, she, I don't know, calls it suck, duck, and tuck. Number one, suck in air if you can to get a really big breath. Two, duck under the water. The struggling person doesn't want to go there. So if you duck underwater, like you kind of can get away from them. And then tuck, use your arms and legs to push away and then yell for an adult immediately to help the other child. So don't just get away. You need to then call for help. Um, They talk about designated breaks that like kids need breaks. They're going to be in the water so much. They're going to get tired. They're going to think they're fine. They need a breather. Give them like a little mandatory break. And then the last one that I thought was interesting was limited trust. And this is, again, where, like, Mike and all his pessimism, I'm like, ugh, like, I roll at him. Mm-hmm. This is one that's all him. He said, this may sound harsh, but I trust no one to watch my kids. True. hundred percent. No, I don't trust grandma, grandpa, no one. I if agree. I am not there, they have to wear a life jacket. And he was like, they have to wear life jackets. Yeah. I don't care. If anyone but me or my wife or but me and my husband or whoever. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember. No, I, so I just I thought those were really great tips, oh, things man. I never would have thought about had we not had the conversation last week. So I'm just, like, appreciative that we had that conversation because it – really really changed my perspective in a big way and if you guys are listening to this episode out of order if you go to the previous episode we talked about summer safety just some quick tips about being safe around pools and also the importance of knowing what dry drowning is because that's also something that's uh, really prevalent i know my i was on high alert uh yeah. during the holiday like a long break the long weekend i was definitely like oh my gosh i'm not leaving them so i'm so glad we talked about that because even too. though as as anxiety-driven as all of that is, it's mm-hmm. so important that we talk about it, so I'm really glad we did. Yeah. Oh, um, well, speaking of water. Oh, my God. Speaking of water. Um, so I'm planning on having my water birth soon. Any day oh, now, actually. Any day now. And so um, last time we were at the birth center, we did our rehearsal with Millie. So my now two-year-old, 24-month-old. Officially 24 Officially two. Um, was part of the rehearsal with us. And so it was Mr. A, myself, our midwife, um, the midwife student who actually delivered Millie because, you know, the midwife didn't make it in time. And you um, go to the actual birthing center for like a real like yeah, dress Yeah, so my rehearsal. appointments are at the birth center. Cool. And then the actual birth center has a suite where I will be where there's a bed and a big tub. Um... And like a living room area where, you know, family can wait or whatever. And so we went through the actual protocol of when I get there, you know, they're going to fill the tub and where is Millie going to be and where's Mr. A going to be. Um, but it was also fun because then we went over like once baby um, is here in the water, uh, dad is going to do his skin to skin. I'll be delivering the placenta, which will then get transferred to Addie, who does my placenta encapsulation because oh I'm getting gosh. my placenta put into pills. We have to talk Wait, about that in a minute. What? Oh you never heard of that? <laughs> Wait, I've heard about eating your placenta, but yeah. I've never heard about putting them into pills. Yes. But isn't that like how you eat it? You don't it's really bad. like, you don't Some like, people do. no, I remember like, you grill well, it like a steak. I saw like on the Kardashians and they did something where they like had to, and they put it in a smoothie Ooh. or something and they fed it to people. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anyways. No, so I'm doing placenta encapsulation. It's super easy. Basically they take my placenta, they, uh, I think boil and dehydrate it and then pulverize it into pill form. I'm also doing a tincture, <laughs> which I have from Millie. So I have like the, um, alcohol concentrate and then yeah. I had pills and it just depends on how big your placenta is but you take like 
you know, I think it's like three, three times a day for like the first couple days. They say it helps with two. postpartum, right? It can reduce they the effects of postpartum. They say it helps with postpartum. A lot of it is just wild. If you guys have ever seen a placenta, it looks like the tree of life. Like, yeah. I think that is Mother Nature telling us, like, this is all this amazing nutrition and iron um, that your body built to protect your baby and to feed your baby. And so uh, when a mother births a baby, she loses all of that. Um Here's the thing. It is so affordable. Uh, I think I pay like $225. Um, to me, even if it is just because, you know, I the placebo or I think yeah, that yeah. it's going to work, if it's going to help with baby blues or postpartum depression, which is such a serious thing, I was... You're all about yeah, it. Yeah, we why not? Like, why not? Wait, so when you do that with the placenta pills, like, is that something you can have... You can ask the doctor, like with a C-section, can I ask my yes. doctor saying, can yes. you so please you can do this in harvest a traditional, my placenta? So you have to have someone. So most of the time, a lot of doulas will do it. So you can have a doula. They will come to the hospital. They will pick it up, transport it, do it, and then bring it to your home. So what was nice is... Because um, are you going to do stem cell also? You mean uh, the cord blood, blood cord? Yeah, cord yes. blood. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so like we, we did that and it was the same. Like afterwards, yeah. like yeah. You, the, the doctor who delivers it, it puts it... Yeah. packages it and then someone picks it up later. Which, by the way, totally side note, but do you guys think, I mean, I never know if that stuff is gimmicky or if it's not. I don't think it's gimmicky. You don't. Here's no. the thing about that. We There still hasn't been enough research yeah, on it, like enough but, science behind it. But the fact that now they're saying it could help with like 60 yeah. plus yes. cancers and other things. Like it used to just be, oh, for leukemia and like siblings can share it. That's not the case anymore. So for anyone who doesn't know what it is, basically we have these stem cells that the all of us have them when we're born, but especially that are the cells from our body that transfer through our umbilical cord to the baby go in as stem cells. They're like jobless. They're just these like, they're ready to be programmed. They're, they're like these superhero. base, yeah, superhero <laughs> base cells. And when they get into the baby's body, they're programmed with a job. Then they become brain cells and tissue cells and blood cells and lung cells. And they build up that body. And then each stem cell has a job and is no longer a stem cell. And so what they say is that all of the stem cells that are in the umbilical cord, because they have yet to be transferred to the baby, all of those stem cells can be harvested and used at a later date if your child develops certain diseases where they can take those stem cells, they can inject them into the body and give them a job. So they can say, I'm going to give this job of killing cancer cells to these group of stem cells that work because they are your but, well, actually, they don't even need to be your body's stem cells, mm -hmm. but because they are, you have access to them. There are stem cell banks where you can actually yeah. get access and buy other people's stem cells. And that's what's so interesting, really interesting. because there's some that are private, which is great, uh, but there's also some that are public where you have access to yeah. other people's stem cells, which now they're saying is actually great. Yeah. Because then it gives you a better odds of mm -hmm. finding matches and finding things that Especially are Especially for people for like one of my... One of my dearest friends growing up in her mid-20s passed away from leukemia. And especially, I didn't know this until I, we actually went through all of it. And she ended up doing a cord blood transplant. But unfortunately, she didn't survive. But um, mixed races and even, like, minorities have the hardest time. So, like, you and I would have a really, wow. you would have a very difficult time because mm -hmm. you're mixed. Mm -hmm. I, myself, being South Asian, has, it's, it's very limited as far as the registry goes. Like, that's more so for, um, you know, um, what is it? For, not cord blood, but it was some, what are the transplants you can get when you're... It's the one where they like have bone to marrow? the bone marrow the bone transplant. Marrow That's the bone marrow yeah. transplant one. Yeah. yeah, but then obviously cord blood and all that stuff. But there, it just it made me realize that there's so much. Well, that's why there's so much to think about. 
I don't know. I feel like so many people that are pregnant, they're thinking about the nursery I and know. their baby's name. And There's it's yeah. like, so oh much my after God. The fact. First, you have to deliver this baby. Yeah. You have to birth this baby. Make sure this baby is healthy. Then you have to decide if you want to do delayed cord clamping, which, which we're doing and a lot of hospitals do now, but you have to ask. And that just means allowing that amazing blood to continue to pulse into the baby. Um, but then there's this like magic time where you have to stop and clamp it and then do the cord blood banking where the blood is yeah. being banked so that you can use it for And this all has to be like decided Within, on before, yeah. you know, ideally yeah, because before you have to the baby's con- even born. You have to convey that to your doctor so they know in the moment what to do because mm-hmm. you And you have to have that- the kit ready. And- Gosh, there's so much that goes. It's so, str- I mean, it's so amazing. Don't get me wrong for anybody that's having their first yeah. child or even not even there yet. There's so many decisions yeah, to make. Yeah, there's a lot of decisions. Think about. So did we, did we cut you off? So you okay. guys, so get us back to the update yes. on. So we went to the birth center, did the rehearsal. Malia's been practicing, doing her skin to skin. So we've been putting like the breastfeeding pillow on her lap she has her little doll she takes her shirt off and she does skin to skin bonding with her doll um and she knows how to like shush the baby and i think i told you guys last time that we've been talking about like how mommy's gonna sound when i'm in active labor so she's been practicing doing her like breathing well what's funny is so two nights ago i was putting her down and we were just rocking in the chair and she was just like sitting on my belly and i started getting nauseous so i just started doing some deep breathing and she goes baby like, is the baby coming because you're doing all these deep breathing? So, um, yeah, she knows how to do horse lips. So, like, you know, take a big breath and just, like, push it out. Oh my you gosh. know, she's been bouncing with me on my yoga ball. Um, and then on her second birthday, and this wasn't planned, by the way, but because baby's coming um, and our doula had suggested um, letting Millie see a real birth, a real water birth. She had watched one that our doula friend had um, attended and it was beautiful and awesome, but I decided to show Millie her water birth that Mr. A filmed on his cell phone horizontally, thank God, <laughs> um, and did a really good job actually in the moment. And it was so cool. It was it was great because, I don't know, I just Wait, think was it that, weird for you to see it too? Do you watch that? So I had seen it a couple times, and you know, when I think back to my birth, all I remember thinking is like, I am such a badass. Like, I'm yeah, so proud totally, of myself. Totally. And I remember directing everyone right after I had that baby. Like, I didn't cry. I didn't say, like, oh, my God, hi, Millie. Like, we had a girl. I was just like, okay, people, don't forget the kids over there and this and that. Wow. um, but yeah, when I saw that from that angle, I was just like, I don't know. How I, I, I don't know how my body. I refuse to watch way. my C-section videos. My husband, yeah, recorded ours, and I just feel like, especially because I don't know if we're done or not, but I just feel like. I feel like I'm going to psych myself out if I watch that because oh, I yeah. just, I saw No, no, one. yes, definitely. Yeah, so we a forget lot. for a it's reason. A lot. I know, right? Mom brain happens for a legitimate reason. But it was cool because Millie's, cool. we call her a little mermaid and um, she knows she's a little water baby. And so when she saw herself, she's like, Millie, me. And, Wait, you, know, she and just, you guys, if you haven't seen Little Mills on Brandy's Instagram, you have to, she's the cutest little person. She's just such a sweet little old lady. I like, love her. I just, that is it. She's an old, she's a She's just like an old soul. <gasps> she's a little Phyllis. Oh my god. So anyway, so so yeah, she saw her water birth and I am planning on having a very similar experience. Um, you know And the good news is that there was some fear when you lost your mucus plug. Yes. There was bed rest and a little anxiety and fear that yeah. you were all of a sudden gonna have a baby in the NICU and that you and Mr. A really did everything you needed to, so you're way in the clear. Yeah, so and I'm in the so clear now, now it's like really anytime it happens, you're totally cool with it. Yeah. <clears throat> That's which awesome. is incredible. And I do think it's something we're sharing. So I didn't know this, but you were sharing with me earlier that originally once you're you were told that once your mucus plug goes, there's only a certain amount of time like before you weeks, have to deliver. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, but if you guys actually, look into this or talk, yeah, I mean, you're fine. you sometimes women will deliver within days. Wow, um, it's rare that people can go two or three weeks, but there are some some you know cases where women either their body regenerates it or because it wasn't. Um, you know, there's certain proteins didn't exist and all these other, you know, terms and stuff that I don't want to go into. Um, it is possible that I could just keep going. Like, I continue so cool. wow. and not have the baby too early. So, I'm full term. Uh, I'm not rushing anything. You guys know I kind of self-induced um, when I had Millie on 7-7 the night before. I was doing all the things and it worked. So I'm not doing any of that now. I think that would be totally reckless and irresponsible of me to try to have this baby. Like, I think the baby will be here by this weekend. I'm I'm just saying. Um, Oh, my God. But I'm not doing anything to force that to happen. And I think it's a boy, by the way. FYI. Auntie Ami thinks it's a boy. I know. Lately, Mills keeps saying sissy. I'm like, but are you the sissy? Oh, yeah, she's calling herself yeah, sissy. Like, oh, I yeah, I could go either way. Here. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. All right. Well, good. So we've got some updates. We want to get into the topic of this particular episode because the three of us were talking earlier and it was just something we thought this would be really interesting to hear uh, what your guys' thoughts are on this. So we started talking about kind of success, period, and also success versus failure and kind of as it pertains to all the different categories of our life. One of the things that is so beautiful about this space for us is that we really do get to service all of the parts of us. Mm -hmm. So the woman in us, the wife in us, the friend, the entrepreneur, um, the 15 year old, like the everything of us. And so there is success as it pertains to all those different things and kind of like what does that look like? Like, yeah. will there be a moment in which, or have we reached that moment where, okay, in this category, the marriage category, I think we're a success. In the work category, mm-hmm. like, how do you in guys the mothering view that? Category. Yeah, like, I don't like know. how do you view I'm that? Still, I mean, it's crazy because I think, for me personally, I remember when I was 18 and like I graduated high school, I was like 25, which seemed a world away. I was like, at 25, there have to be X, Y, and Z has to be accomplished. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm a failure. And it's crazy because once I was 24 and on the brink of being 25, I was like, what was I think? Like, why did I put that limit on me? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can push it further or I can, why, why would I say that? I need, I need it. I can do even more than that. Right. So I think at 37, I'm still chasing that. I don't, I feel like I've been successful in parts of my life, but I still feel that urge and that want and that drive to be even more successful. And I don't know if Mm -hmm. that's just a... Does that ever, I don't know if that ever ends. Like, will I be 70 thinking, like, I want to do more? Which I don't mind because I feel like that's just the way we're built. Some people are built that way. Because I do look at my friends on social media or wherever and I talk to them and I'm like, wow, they're like, obviously there's hardships and there's obstacles, but they're just so easy breezy. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. they're really content and they live where they live and and they're doing their thing and they have great, beautiful kids and they're all happy and healthy and they're doing it. But... I'm like, I feel like I would just be going through the motions if I was doing that. Does that make sense? Like, I just Yeah, kind of... I feel like, you know, the thing is, is like all three of us are pretty similar in the fact that we're driven and we are competitive and we want to continue to better ourselves and we're always reaching new goals and chasing new dreams. Um, I feel the same way. You know, it's funny because, I don't know, I, I feel like sometimes, I feel like I actually have to admit something to you guys because I love being a mom so much and I make sure that you guys know that and I stay at home so much um, out of the week and I book my shoots around Millie and Mr. A and, and all of that. But what I haven't you know, told you guys is I've been able to monetarily maintain the same uh, above 
I income. guess. Yeah, more more than my income before um, these last couple years. So since I left like a traditional studio setting where I Why was... Why is that embarrassing though? For well, you? I you feel Because like, you were saying earlier when we were talking, you were saying like you felt like a fraud. Yeah, well, because I think that something that I've been omitting from like my storytelling as a mother is definitely a fulfillment is absolutely being compared to that that dollar amount I'm bringing in. Of course, This yeah. has no reflection on Mr. A or like our household as a family, but yeah. I definitely feel fulfilled as a mom because I've been able to balance, quote unquote, the same, if not more yeah. income every year. You know, um, the year that I got pregnant, I was freaking out. Oh my God, things are going to change so much. And I had more opportunities and more income coming in when Millie was born, you know, and every year things have gotten better for me in my career. When did you decide, when you left the studio setting, was it with Pop Sugar or was that Food Network? With when Pop did, Sugar. Okay, yeah. and did you choose that on your own willingly because you were pregnant or how did you decide so to leave I, that? I was, the show end? I was ready to leave months before and they wanted to, you know, have me for another two years and it just felt like it was the right time to leave. I had been going to New York like twice a month to do stuff for Today Show. I was doing a lot of judging for Food Network. It just felt like it was time. Like I had outgrown that, that space. space that Which show. is so funny because to some people that are listening maybe mm-hmm. that are actively trying to do what you do are probably like that was like a dream job. Well, I also your- walked away from like a channel that had a million subscribers, you know, over a million subscribers and my YouTube channel is like 13,000. I mean, I, I left a lot of that behind. And it was also because I felt like I wanted to do more. You know, food is not the only part of me. You guys know, I feel like I I talk about being a mom more than food. Like I've become more of a lifestyle um, parenting expert, someone that just wants to talk about the home in general. Uh, But it was just the right time. But but I think that that's the whole thing with success Mm -hmm. is that I, that I do feel like it's kind of like something that I have to admit to everyone that, hey, I always talk about like, oh, I'm at home with Millie and all this, but I But you're like, also making money doing Yeah, I'm it. making money and I'm hustling on the side and I've, I found a way to work from home in different capacities. I'm doing consulting for some brands, writing recipes um, that don't involve me leaving the house that I haven't really talked about. Which is still though, but I think this is the unique part about like the day and age we live in, which is mm-hmm. why I think a lot of women find this so interesting too and what... what when asking like, what do you do? How do you do this? How are you making money while still being mom and having a flexible schedule? Mm-hmm. It's that we are able to do these kinds of things now where 10 years ago, they were probably non-existent, right? right. Some of those jobs didn't even exist. So yeah, like you're saying, mm-hmm. being at home, like I can, why I have an office in my room or in my house and people sometimes like even on stories, you forget that people can hide behind, not hide, I don't want to say hide, but they feel more comfortable asking very intimate questions mm-hmm. and they'll be like, some people will straight up ask me, what does your husband do? And I'm like, well, how does this pertain to yeah. anything I just wrote and, yeah. or talked about? And they're like, well, I'm just wondering how you can have an entire office in your house when, you know, you don't actually go into work. And I'm like, well, and in the beginning it was really hard for me. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, this is my job. Like, this is what I do. And I, it started as a passion and now it's a job. And I'm like, you know what? This is my job. Now yeah. I just say it like, this is my job. Yeah. I review products and imagine me as like a beauty editor for a magazine. Yeah. This is what I do. And then I give information, you know? Yeah. But I think for a long time too, I would feel like weird about talking about it or like justifying that I'm not going into a studio or an office and talking about it. And so I feel that like, I don't know if my my success has yet been, I think I find it successful that I can kind of what you were saying, mm-hmm. balance the two a little bit where it's like, I feel like I have a flexible schedule as mom and I can bring home money, but have I 
clicked, checked well, off that. Something that list. Orly, that you said, Orly, about, um, you know, is there a moment? And I know, and I, I say this because I know you and I have both had shows mm-hmm. on networks. Yep. Um, and that is both of our dreams to have a show, um, a television show. And I don't know, I would love to get your take on that because I did a couple shows for Food Network. They were yep. great shows, awesome, you know, real television shows on linear television, on TV. And for me, that was just like, yeah. Nothing. It was it's such funny. a blip in, in my career. You said it right before we started recording. You're like, it's almost like it never happened. And it is exactly how I feel. Yeah. I First, when I did Fashion Star, which was a design competition show on NBC, and I was one of 14 designers, and I lasted a really long time on the show, and I got hired by NBC to host the whole behind-the-scenes series from season two because they were like, you were fan favorite on season one. You'd be the perfect person to do season two. And I remember, it is so embarrassing. I remember so vividly Zamiro, who was like my closest friend and is still one of my closest friends from the competition. We both lived in New York at the time. And we filmed the show and there was like a five month gap because they had to actually produce all of the garments so that the clothes could be bought the next day. And tell me if I've told you this story before, but he and I were on the subway together and the show was about to come out on like the next Tuesday and it was like a Friday. And we both looked at each other and we're like, oh man. I mean, come next week, we probably can't even ride the subway. <laughs> I mean, like, we're oh like, what will we, will we need like a driver? Like, what do you think we're going to do? Like, we, we believed the story that all of the producers on the show that were like, your life's about to change. Like, you thought Project Runway was big? You're on NBC. Like, uh-huh. everyone sees NBC. Like, your whole world's about to explode. And literally, no joke, the season finale, like, the whole series was on. The season finale aired on the TV's behind me while I bartended. Not a damn thing changed. Wow. I still had to so bartend the whole time. Never, you never told us that. Not, and, and literally nothing changed. No well, opportunities came. Nothing. And then when I got the Fabulous, I thought, this is uh-huh. huge. Yeah. This is like, E, this is a dream. This is, I'm like doing fashion and I'm hosting and I'm doing fashion police with Joan Rivers and I'm doing live from the red carpet. And then when that contract ended... And it's like, I had a conversation with my manager yesterday because he's pitching me for something. And I was like, I'm going to re-edit a reel. Like, what should I include? I'm like, should I even include E? He's like, it's sort of irrelevant at this point. You might not need to include that footage. And it's like, my heart sank. Yeah, I'm like, that, that for the longest gosh. time, that was like this Your legitimacy. Whole it yeah. was like, I was on E. I had my own show. I was the host. I was this. And now it's like, it's not even worth including in a reel. It's that irrelevant? Well, you like, know what I will say oh, to that? Like, I, that, I, I've never been on a network show like as a host, but I was on a digital show for OWN, for Oprah. Yeah. And that was a huge thing. For me, that Sorry, was Sorry, who, who now? How do you pronounce it? Oprah? Oprah. I've never heard about it. <laughs> and it was interesting because that, which lasted about four years, was a huge highlight for me and it was before the time of it was like until 2000 I think uh 13 so it was still before Instagram was there but it wasn't like what it is right now and only iPhones had right had uh Instagram no Android exactly and um and I remember I got to go tour with her I got my like parents to meet with her I got to do like amazing interviews with Deepak Chopra and Elizabeth Gilbert all these things that I did for a finite time and I remember it's like now when someone finds an article or reads about they're like 
wait, you worked with Aldo at the Oprah Thursday, right? It's like, yeah. they're like, wow, you worked with Oprah? And I'm like, yeah, it's like all of a sudden it's irrelevant because social media is so, it's so fleeting fast. that it's, so it's like fast. what happened four years ago is an eternity ago, What have you right? done for me lately? Oh God, I did not know we me? had that in common. Yeah. So you guys know I did a show for Oprah. I didn't um, know that. Called Oprah's Big Give. Oh my gosh. Where I, I went around the United States surprising people with money, paying off their mortgages, answering dying wishes, um, how I met some of my closest friends. Aww. And it was the same thing. I used to say, like, when the show ended, um, I was just like, you know what? If I get hit by a bus tomorrow, like, at least I worked for Oprah. Right. I met Oprah. You I danced with that. Oprah. Like, I had the Oprah thing. And, yeah. And then it's like, well, I mean, that well, was one well, thing. I'll tell you, though, but it's interesting. One of my closest friends who was on the show with me, who was my co-host, who I'm sure everybody knows now, or a lot of people that are listening, Karamo, Karamo Brown, who's on Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. And he's on Netflix. And me and him would be together all the time, be like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to be like mega stars and I was also in a different phase of life because I was having babies um and he has two children himself but it was one of those things where I watch him now and I'm like damn like yeah. you have over two million mm-hmm. followers on Instagram he, he was in Taylor Swift's new video yep. he's yep. like everybody knows who he is and he has not changed one bit which is so amazing don't you me. feel like so much of it because of our careers and our paths is so random it is but like, I, also, I think that's just something we have to remember like Yes, it's true that luck is when hard work reaches opportunity or whatever, but so much of it is random. But I feel very unsuccessful. Let me just say that real quick. I feel very unsuccessful, not not because he forces me, not because he ever throws in my... He's like, every day, if I ask him something, he's like, girl, you can always ask me anything you want. You're my best friend. Like, let me help you. I'll introduce you. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I feel unsuccessful because I'm like... I was in this position with you four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Where am I? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Where does like, yeah? Like, how come? How come I don't have those accolades? It's like it's hard. It's hard to just look at where you are right now and not compare it to where he is versus where you are, and look at that gap exactly. and say, and "Wow, there's I, a." And what don't I have? Right? Yeah. What don't I have? I mean, I. You t- know what a good exercise is that everyone listening and all of us ladies should also do is like I redid my website a couple weeks ago, and I had to rewrite my about me page, and I had to redo this. Oh. Um, or if you guys are listening, and you have a traditional. Um, job, you know, just going through your resume and re-looking at it. Like reflecting. Yeah, and looking at all of those accolades and accomplishments. I mean, it's it's usually a, a smack in the face, like, oh my God, like, I have done, you know, yeah. some yeah, really true. cool Being grateful things. for sure. I think it's that it's just, like, again, we've talked about, it's so hard because you have so much of this stuff that's thrown at you, and it's not something that... You know, back in the day, it was like, we go on Facebook and we'll see like, oh, so-and-so from high school is doing this and this. And now it's like every day you see yes. a mate and only the best stuff, right? Like so-and-so was featured on Forbes 40 under 40 or 30 under 30 and this and that. Like, I mean, I've confided with you and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I get embarrassed all the time, but you know, I'm not verified on Instagram and I don't yeah. know why that is such a huge thing for me I get as it. a measure of success. And to me, I'm like, I'm not anything on Instagram until that happens. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why yeah. is it? I'm verified and you have more followers than me. But like it shouldn't matter. Right? Yeah. Like it's it nothing. shouldn't matter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just interesting how it how we do measure. That and I think success. I think the thing too is that nobody else knows the story of our uh, goals in in our mind, right? Like we know the full storyline. We know where we want to end up. So we know where we are in that story. And we know how early on in the process we are. No one else knows that. So it's beautiful when people are like, man congrats on everything you've done it always feels empty to me because I'm like oh my god seriously I haven't done anything (laughs) I haven't done anything because in my mind I see the finish line 
And it is far so away yeah. because of all the things that I want to do. And so it's like, to me, it's hard to look at where I am. As, I am, this is what I will say. I bartended for 10 years full time. And I had a clothing line at the same time. And I pursued and tried a lot of things. And the moment, the biggest success of my entire life to date will be the moment that I quit bartending and supported myself fully without any money from bartending. Mm -hmm. Because that is a really big leap. And I have a lot of friends who are still bartending. It's a really hard thing to walk away from because you can always keep it on the side. You can always keep that going. And that's the same thing with any day job. When you have a dream and you have something to pursue... You need at some point to walk away, but monetarily, being a responsible adult, it's hard to walk away from from money. And so I think, to me, that is still the biggest success. But when I look at my career now, I think, I mean, I want to take over the fucking world. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to be one of those people that complains that I need privacy. Like, right. oh my God, like yeah. just, I'm a real person. Give me space. Like I want. I have feelings too. Yeah. Like I want to take over the world. Like, so it's like, you know, I mean, obviously not, I don't want to be the president. I want in TV. Like I look at there as people, there's no one doing what I want to do, right. but there are people in positions. Like I look at someone like Kelly Ripa. She has her own production company. Right. She's on one of the biggest hit TV shows. She gets to be hundred percent herself all day long. She gets to raise her family. She gets to go on vacations. She gets to produce content that fulfills her in ways that that TV do show doesn't. Do you think she wakes like, up and ugh. says, I'm successful? Like I would imagine, right? I mean, I'm sure. Well, because who the hell knows? I, know. I don't know what well, her so storyline is. So what know? I what I yeah. want to do is because I think this is a good activity too. Is Are we like, being too loud? By the way, no. Millie's Our sleeping. Mil- in the room. Little Mills is sleeping. Let's. I want to. <laughs> I want to break it up into categories because I think it's healthy to like talk about it mm-hmm. in that. How do we measure success? But like, let's break it up a little bit. Like in career, in relationship. Okay. Like you know what would if you had to say because I think this would be a good takeaway for people listening. Like how do we measure that? Then? Yeah. So like with your career, what is one thing? For you, it was the day you said... Yeah, that was my first... That was your first one. Like, nothing can take that away from right, me, I feel right. like. That was one that I still feel very proud of. Okay. But that was, you know... And is there something on your list today that you're like, if this happens, this is my... Like, I for me, I would say for you, one of your biggest things is, look, doing a YouTube channel is not easy. It's not right. easy feat. And you're not getting paid for it up front. You're not doing all these yeah. things. You... But like, now you are. You're yeah. making money. I'm making money I mean, on it now. And, yeah. you, and you went from, like... You know, you started it at and zero. You've yeah, immensely. It's amazing. That's got to be rewarding. That's got to be something off of your list, career-wise. It no? is. It the the fact that it's become something is something I'm excited about. Okay. I think the one million subscriber number is going to be something that, that you want to hit. That I really yep. want to hit. That you're I think I'll feel there. really. And then you're going to have to do Amazing Race. And then I'll have to do Amazing Race. <laughs> <laughs> All the YouTubers. Yeah. That and then you're going to do Real so Housewives. I think that's okay. I think that's one of them. The other thing is, and I just say it when I do like my mantras is. Like, I want a hit TV show. Yeah. And I don't care where that is because I think, like, media is changing so much. It can be on Netflix. It can be on YouTube. It can be... I just want a hit show that's relevant. I work on a show that I absolutely love, but when I take meetings, it's not really part of the conversation. It's not a relevant show as far as, like, the entertainment industry is concerned. No big opportunities are coming. No brand deals are coming, even though it's a huge show and it has a really big audience. So I want a hit show on a relevant network that opens up the doors where now I am in charge of those meetings. Mm -hmm. I am the one saying, this is what I want to do. Not, hey, please, can someone talk to me? This is something I'd really... Look, no, no, no. This is what I want to do. Who's the right person to make this happen? I will give you the opportunity to work with me on that. I want to be in that position. And at what point do you think... For the love of God. At what point point do you think... And I'm just asking these questions out loud because it's what I ask myself. But at what point do you think, like okay, I'm okay now where I am. Like, is there an age that you set yourself like, okay, I'm 35 right now. 
at 45, if I don't have my own show, I'm going to let go of that. Or at 50, I'm going to let go of that. No. You just are like, you don't think of it like Do that. Do you guys think no. that? I don't, I don't, think, so I don't think about it in, I don't think about it I also in don't numbers. think about being 45. I know, well. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. You know? <laughs> Slow your roll. Slow your roll, people. I just, I just, I wonder about it because I do, yeah. I what used about you? to put numbers on it. You know, for me, I don't know. There's a lot. Like, I'm actually more like, I feel. Do you want your own product line? I do. I want my own product. That's a huge thing on mm. my list career-wise. <laughs> huge thing. And when it, me and my best friend who's a dermatologist, we are talking, we're, we're, we're doing it right now. But yes. it's, there's a lot that's happening that goes into it that you just don't know. And there's a lot because she has three kids and I have two. And like finding the time to do everything outside of it, it's, it's hard. And then yeah. you also, you're, you're best friends and then you're trying to work together. It's, there's so much. And I see people or peers around me that are doing their things and I'm like, wow. And then I have to remind myself that they also don't have some of the other commitments that I do yeah. and that she does that allow them to do things at a faster pace. But at the same time, I'm like, that's still no excuse, yeah. right? There's yeah. no excuse. No. I should still be able to output all of this stuff just as fast or as as much. And so I'm just learning a lot. But yes, and by the time, like in three years, I, I when I say age, that's like for me. For me, that's how I kind of oh, visualize it. Oh, I never even think about so age. So for me, I'm like at 40, I want to be able to... And the reason I think I think about it like this is like at 40, I don't necessarily want to be the one on Instagram putting makeup on my face, being like, okay, so this yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. did. And this what maybe I could, and maybe that's great because I do think that there is now a need for women of age. Like, look, mm. I, like I'm addressing my wrinkles or I'm, you know, I have acne at this age or whatever. I think that there's a market for it and I do see it and I want to be that person that speaks to that. But more so, I want to be that, I want to have that product line. And I want to be running something and saying like... And like the brains behind the operation. Exactly. The this CEO. is my brand. Yeah. Let me tell... Because one of the things that I derive so much fulfillment and happiness of is when a woman comes to me and is like, I don't feel good about myself. I just wish that if I could cover my dark circles or this, yeah. I would feel good. And I'm like, let me help you. That to me is my way yeah, of giving that's back. that's a success. That's a success for me. Yeah. So like that to me, having my own line and being like, I can run things from behind the scenes and I don't have to be the one, you know, do and, like... Am, do, am what I, about, do you have a... Am I allowed to say that since I'm still in baby heaven, that there's a huge part of me that is just like, I don't know, just in the moment right now with, no, with being a mom. I feel like that's exactly... Like, like when you said that during that show yes. you were having babies, I was like, oh, that must have been nice. I mean, there's it there's was. pluses and minuses to everything, yes. but there is a huge part of me that's like, man, if I, you know, Mr. and I talk about this all the time, gosh, if we would have met each other sooner, like... It would have we would have met Millie sooner, you know, like we would have been able to experience all of this sooner. And so for me, I've been able to really like compartmentalize like the career stuff, even though I'm still like excelling and working yeah. and hustling. There's a huge part of me that no. like when I look at my like I just see a heart. I see like a big heart, and it's like me and Millie and Mister A and Little A. I feel you so much right now. I feel yeah. you because I literally mm -hmm. that's exactly like baby heaven and just that life. That aspect of your life, I feel like... Like, I just want to soak up that chapter, this this chapter I'm in right now. Even though, like, last year, the show that I did on Food Network, I was pumping. Millie had just turned a year old. So when I did the camera test, she was, I don't know, like, eight months old. And Mr. A, and we all went there. And it was amazing. And it was cool having her on set. And But didn't you feel, like, at that point... It was so cool. I was no, like, this is you, so cool that my whole family's here. And I'm on a show. And I am being yeah. a mom. But was that, at, like, at that point, mm -hmm. I felt, for me, when I was doing the own show, and I had, like, four days a week where I was going on set, and then I could go home and breastfeed, and I could do this 
this and I had my husband. I felt that to me was successful because I felt yeah, like you feel like in whoa, every this aspect. balance is working yes. and I'm doing it. And, and people are like, yeah. wow, you work for this. You know, it's almost getting that validation yeah. and being, oh, yeah. you're a mom and you're pregnant again, you know. And so I felt really good. And But it was in that bubble. And then once that bubble ended, I was like, oh, now people are like, oh, so now what do you do? You know, and it was yeah. Like, well, it's almost like I think probably for a lot of people, like people listening who maybe don't have creative jobs or in the creative fields, but they've got, you know, office jobs or they work for a company or corporate jobs or whatever it is. It's like sometimes, and this probably sounds awful, but like sometimes having a job is the easier part because you know what you're doing every day. You have somewhere to go. You know the, there's a system. Yes, there's everything. expectations. Like, and then when something changes and either you're in flux or you've been laid off and you're looking for work, no one else sees you as being productive or sees you as being busy, but you're working almost harder to get to the next thing. And so right. you're it's like you're like on a hamster wheel, but with no credit for it really because there's nothing to show for it yet because you're trying to make things happen and so I think like for people at home who are trying to build an opportunity at home separately while they do their day job or who are maybe they've Mm -hmm. been laid off and they're looking for new work it's a really weird feeling because yeah you're exhausted but no one else thinks you should be really because like well you don't have a job so here's a question so how what about your kids and how uh, you measure your own success based on their success or based on their that is, milestones. That's, I feel like, never-ending. And that's going to be something. I mean, I do think it per, per milestone there's things. But I find it, honestly, for me, it's this, the little things that I find the most success with my through my kids. So, like, when I'm not, if I'm watching them and I'm observing them and I watch them do something, like, they're kind to another person. Or I see my yeah. son, like, you know, help the other like it could be as simple as he's on the basketball team he knows he's a better player and he like totally sets up a shot for his friend right right. I feel really good about that and it's unspoken I feel like I'm like yes like you are Uh watching out for other people you know when my daughter like reminds me before we go to someone's house mommy did you get like a bottle of wine or did you get like flowers to bring to their house that to me reminds me yeah. makes me feel like she understands like you taught her the yeah. manners the importance of like, like that to me are the little things right now at where I'm at between that yeah. under 10 age that I feel like I really find this that to me makes me feel like I did my I'm doing my well, job well I thought of something funny because you know Millie's so little <laughs> but um I remember when we went to her I don't know maybe 10 month or 9 month appointment and the pediatrician said she should be saying this many words before one or this many words yeah. before two or whatever let me back that up. No, I think it was this past time around. So 18 months, not nine months. 18 months, how many words she, be, she should be saying. And my husband and I looked at each other like, I don't know if she's saying that many. I mean, she communicates. Like, she clearly is like the smartest girl in the world. <laughs> but I don't think she's there. And part of us were like, oh my gosh, like, what does this mean? So then every time we were with other friends and they were like making their kids like say all these things, we're just like, okay, is that, you know, like, should we think about speech therapy? Fast forward, now Millie is like a little negotiator and she loves to talk and it's great and her vocabulary is awesome. But it made me think about, you know, is that my responsibility? Like, have I been reading to her enough? Would she have benefited if we would have had more nanny time? Because like our friends whose kids are really talkative, they have daycare, they have the nanny. Like I'm the only person really except for when she gets care from a couple other women but it started yeah. making me think, like, right. this is on me. Like, am I – and, you know, we don't do screen time. A lot of those kids do screen time. I started thinking, there's really great screen time options out there. Right. Again, at the time, Millie was not two years old yet. So I'm a little rule follower. According to the National Pediatrician, you know, um, Association, 
no screen time before two. But I'm I not a rule follower, thinking. and I started doing TV right away. <laughs> so they're in the top. <laughs> yeah. you, you also didn't go to college, and you're probably one of the smartest women. I, I didn't know. go to college. So, like, yeah. I think that the, honestly, I do think that with a lot of this stuff, you start it like is, playing these mind games. You like, do, course. and then yeah. and then you feel responsible. So that's why I wanted to ask yeah. you, and I know that our kids aren't older, but it made me start thinking, because I have some friends whose kids are in high school, and they're not doing well on SATs, or yeah. um, they're failing in relationships. Like, I have a friend whose daughter keeps dating losers, and now the dad is concerned that she, she has yeah. an unhealthy relationship with her body, with men. I mean, I don't want to get everyone, like, worked up. No, but I do think that that's... I think that that's a really interesting thing about the measuring of success, especially as a per- And you know what? Man, it's a good lesson. As I'm about, as I'm like saying it, I'm hearing the lesson get, being given to myself. <laughs> it's a good lesson of what we should value in ourselves. Because when you think about what you would value for your kids, all I would want, and this sounds trite, but I'll explain it. Like, all I would want is for them to be happy. And it's not just in, right, that's what we all say. I just want them to be happy. But it really is, they can have a simple job in a small town with you know, one child, four children, six children, no children, whatever it is, if they wake up every day and they have that lightness and happiness about themselves and they walk into their job, no matter how important or not important, and they're happy and they have good relationships with the people they see and they function through their day with that light, airy Mm -hmm. happiness, who the F cares about anything else? I agree. But why do we know and want that for our children, yet for ourselves, we put all these notches on that belt that have to be punched, that have to be checked off before I'm a happy person all of the time. Like, there are moments where I get a little anxious, I get a little, I'm happy. So why can't I sit that's back and look difference, at though. what I've accomplished yeah. and say, I'm a successful well, person. Well, I do think that that's when Brandy said, like, sometimes you do need to sit, sit back yeah. and, like, reflect. But I do also think that that's a difference between measuring success and being like, I am, I want more for myself. And I don't think that that's yeah. bad. I think that's just, like, we pride ourselves in being able to get things we want and going after what we want and being dreamers and almost being a little too self And I do like what you say about the fine line because you can be fulfilled but still want, want to more. chase a dream. Right. I think also it was interesting. I can't find the article right now, but it, my girlfriend, I was just talking to her because we were talking about summertime, it's summer break, and, you know, the kids are doing a lot of camps. And nowadays, like when I was little, summer break but summer break. There was nothing. We didn't do anything. Now I'm, like, putting them in engineering camps. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Yeah. And we still, like, we do Kumon, which is, you know, Korean math and English, and, and my kids are still in, in it right now over summer. And it's one of those things where I was like, honey, I told my husband, I was like, I think we should just let them have a break for a month. And yeah. he's like, why? No. Like, <laughs> you don't, you, jobs don't stop because it's summer. Like, we shouldn't stop. They shouldn't stop learning. No, period. They're going. And I was like, okay. And it's fine because... I'm okay with it. It's not something that's taking up hours of day, but it's like just how long is it that they? I mean, they go two times a week, and it's about an hour the oh, class, okay. and then they have homework though. So homework is a thing that they don't like, but right. I like it because for me, <laughs> I'm like, it's more actually, it's more overbearing for me because as yeah. a mom, I'm constantly making sure they're doing their homework. Frick, I hate homework. I know, but like, like giving homework I don't in Connor in and Blake, but it I brought was up, exhausted. But it brought I'm gonna up, be the mom that's like, I'm sorry, my daughter's not doing homework. That's what I did. I literally never turned the homework in because yeah. I'm like, they're in preschool. Like, well, it's not that yeah, serious. Yeah, preschool, right? But I was just like, please, I they're was, gonna do homework their whole life. Back for me, it. but for me, it was more so that I want to teach them that they have responsibilities. That was what it is. Yeah, you know, it's like two plus two. Fine, if you don't, you know. But as long as you know that. This is a timeline you were given, and so you have to then turn it in at a certain point. But 
I just wrote something down because it made me think about, you know that like phrase and I don't know the exact phrase, but like wish that you could know that you're in the good old days, like before they're oh gone. Oh my gosh, I know. I actually just got a targeted on Instagram, this cute little frame. It said, these are the good, the good old, days. old days. Yes. And I was and like, do I need to get that in frame? You it? should. And what it makes me think about is that our, and listen, I am clearly, I'm a super ambitious person and I, I, you know, I'm going, going, going all the time, but. In case you guys couldn't tell. Yeah, in case you can't tell, I'm a little psycho. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> but as we're talking about this thing, and as I, like I said, I just like learned such a lesson for myself as I was speaking it, is that sometimes our desire for more for ourselves, which comes out of a beautiful confidence in what we deserve and what we want for ourselves, it comes from a beautiful place. It actually prevents us from appreciating the moment we're in. Like there's going to be a time when I am no longer on home and family and I'm going to be like, I mean, it was summer camp every day. I went to people I loved every day. I pulled into the Universal Studios lot and my name was on a badge. Like I had a right to be there and I drove by famous sets and movie stars all the time and rode around on a little golf cart and took pictures of my outfits. Like what? Well, right now it's just like I get up and I go and I'm like, you know. When I think of the good old days, it's when I used to dance in college on stage. Oh my God. Well, no, but like I take my like as a, as a as a, as a, as a stripper. <laughs> no, well, let me back that up. No. When I think of the good old days right now, it's like, yeah. oh my God, college at the University yeah. of Arizona. But no, but I think that's the beauty about right? It's the it. same when you're in it, you're like, oh, I didn't realize these were the no, good old days. No, but it's the same thing. Like, oh, right now. Whatever oh my is. God, I'm so fat, right? Or like, I'm so this and I wish I or looked this, like this. And then you three in my little bungalow. Right, but you look at pictures from five years ago. What the hell was I complaining about? Oh my God. It's that whole mentality, but which is why I do think like this sense of gratitude yes. and being yes. appreciating what you have which is why I think what we were talking about earlier too fine lines it's not that you're saying I want more I want more I want more let me take 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 yeah. it's that you have these aspirations yet at the same time and this is where that balance comes in you have these aspirations you have these goals not only for yourself but your family your kids yep. and then you say but you also step back and say we are effing blessed beyond yes, life, yes, yes. right? But that and takes you slowing down. I mean, I feel like... It does. That's, that's, like, couldn't every, have said that better. Could not have said that they better. They say, like, what, the nights are long, the days are short. No, it's especially a, when you're Days are long, years are short. Oh, days Eight. are long, years are short. Yeah, nights are long, years, days are long. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, years are short. Yeah, years are short, days are long. Yeah. But it's like we have, like, when you think about your kids, for example, no. you know, how old they are already. I know. And Or Stop how long it. you've I'm been married cry. already and yeah. just how quickly it's happened. I mean, that's why... You have to have like monthly check-ins with yourself, so you can. Or if you're doing the gratitude journal every night, I started mine because of writing a journal or writing a letter to your kid every year they turn a certain age. Yeah, for everyone listening, like I think I'm gonna do this as homework tonight, as a way to just try to be more like present in the phase of my life and my career and my marriage and my motherhood and all that stuff that I'm in, like together. And I'm I don't really know what I'm about to say, (laughs) except for the fact that together, like tonight before bed, whether you write it down or you just think it and close your eyes, like try to think about like this, a moment that's going on in your life right now that maybe in like 20 years from now, you're going to look back on and it's going to seem like the good old days. Like if you can pretend to fast forward for 20 years and look back, like, like this, like, just like you said, like the three of us sitting here right now in this bungalow, starting this thing from nothing. We had an idea. It's it's going to make me cry too, (laughs) but please someone else cry besides me. But like the idea, like this is something that's like, it didn't exist before we started it, and we did it. And there should be tremendous like pride in that. You're we crying, so no, I'm crying. Oh my god! Honestly, no. I was also just thinking. So before the girls got here, Millie and I were rolling around in the grass, 
And, you know, I'm, like, looking at my belly. I'm, like, you know, soon there's going to be two. And, okay, now I am great. Yeah. Aww. No, but that like, is, those are my talking, middle days. Talking. Like, Millie's yeah. two years old. And, like, today we did nothing. We, like, yeah. played in the water. We played in the sand. We played with Play-Doh. We made pizza together. Like, it was just a random day in the summer. I don't have to be anywhere. She's not in school yet. Yeah. That I'm thinking, though, like, this Brandy, is such a cool day. This is, this is a cool day. And, 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 and. <laughs> And you, you never want to say it. Really, you did it. And it's you my ne- fault. It's contagious. I'm usually the one that cries too, and I'm not. So I'm very proud of myself at this moment. But, I, but I will say though too to those moms out there, or even women who just have even thank you who are expecting their first or even more than one. It's okay to say that your good old days were without child too. I do because yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. like it is the good old days. The fact that you only have brain, uh, Millie right now, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's very sweet because. The attention now, it's going to be amazing and your life is going to be that much more full, but it is going to be split. It's going to be different in a, the most beautiful way possible, but that will be the good old days. Well, and also just Millie. sitting there, you know, pregnant, like I, yeah. I yeah. showed it on my Instagram, you know, like I have this big belly, Millie kept kissing it, like just the moment, you know, we like saw two butterflies fly by, you know, we're like getting wet, like I let her crawl all over me and get me dirty yeah. and like just... The fun of having a two-year-old. Well, you know, like she's not in school yet. Like we get to spend all day together. I will say though, too, to your point about you know just really taking it easy and taking a time out is that there's this stuff about how no matter what we do in life with how we measure success, it's like we do just need to take breaks. Breaks are healthy, and breaks not in that like I'm gonna leave this and not work on it. I'm gonna you know try and do six things at once, Mm -hmm. but just really taking the time to pause, reflect, and let go just a little bit you know what I mean because it almost makes you come back that much more I don't even more like prepared to to tackle or just refreshed rejuvenated and I I would I would guess that the hustle is probably more productive because it's cleaner and it's more focused as opposed to the busyness that can sometimes get in the way when you're just like there's this sort of like, I don't know what's called it, like hustle porn, yeah. where it's like this thing on social media that everyone's like, I don't sleep, yeah. you know, like no sleep for the weird, I'm working. Yeah. Ah. And yeah. there's this thing about like, we're all working so hard and like, that's what's cool. Right. And it's like, it's not, sometimes you're just working. You're not actually accomplishing yeah. Yeah. anything. Right. So if you do, if you take that break, if you take a moment to appreciate exactly what stage you're in in your life, if you try to fast forward and look back on it and imagine what you're going to appreciate later or whatever, then you kind of look at the future and you, with like a little bit more clarity, maybe you accomplish things with more swiftness or whatever. I mean, it did, I did want to just touch for just a second because we were laughing so hard about it earlier about this sort of comparison thing with social media about when you look, when you compare yourself to other people, what they seem like they have such success right? and that just to... Like, we have to remind ourselves that half of the time what's being put out there isn't reality. Right. From the most ridiculous things, like people pretending to have branded, sponsored posts when I they know. went out and I couldn't bought. believe when you told me that. That's that crazy. So cool. I actually get, I'm not embarrassed, but my engagement is not very good when I do yeah. ad or sponsored because yeah. I feel like it's obviously letting people know that. Yeah. So people are just like, get a little turned off, yeah, yeah, like right yeah. away. Yeah, there are people who are like going and buying the clothes and then taking photos and then doing hashtag ad. Or maybe they're returning like, them after. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> and most are returning them after, 100%. So it's just like one of those things where even when you look on social media and you're trying to compare yourself and you think wow this person looks so successful like you just never know you just really have to make sure that you're that happy person whatever you would wish 
for your children, mm. for your friends, for your siblings, for the people in your life. It's almost like writing a letter of what you would wish for your children and then reading it and replacing their name with yours. Oh Ooh, my That's a God, great that's exercise. Genius. Let's right? do that. Wait, wait, say that again. So basically writing yourself a letter. Writing down like what you would wish for your child and like all of those affirmations but then, for and them then, and, and then, then replacing your name in it. their name with yours. That's genius. That's, that's a, a good really idea. good idea. That's a mommy group oh, I need exercise. To start, I need to start coaching, guys. I mean, I am a lifestyle expert, expert <laughs> life X, I love it. Wait, I let's love talk it. about products. Let's okay, do it. Yeah, let's do I it. I wanted to share mine. Do it, girlfriend. When we were talking about success and like what makes you feel successful and what makes you feel good. So <laughs> I am obsessed with my OPI Funny Bunny Nail Polish. And <laughs> I know it's such a little thing, but I get so many. It is probably the most asked question I get. Really? After something about Mr. A or Millie. Yes. Probably because I do a lot of food video and so forth. So oh, people right, always see my hands. But I'm just saying, this is like, if you are not feeling success, you need to put on a little funny bunny and look down at your hand. Now, granted, it looks really good if you're olive or a little tan. I do think because it's a milky white, um, on fair skin, it might not look as powerful. But it is a power white. It's milky, pinky. Um, it's funny, bunny. It's my go-to. I always get it on my nails. That's I saw so it on cute. your Instagram story. I know. I think I saw that there too. Did, so right? the link is below um, if you need a new color to make you feel powerful and successful. You're so cute. Okay, well, I'm gonna talk about mine since both my girlfriends here were crying. Um, I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna give you guys um, a little product that will prevent any uh, what is it running of your eye makeup. So oh. you guys know I do these things like the drugstore dealer dupes. So this week I did one on the e.l.f. No Bud Shadow Sticks, and they're amazing. I love stick makeup in general because it's really easy to use. They're not intimidating. It's not like, oh, and put it in your crease, whatever. Anyways, these are under $5. They come in five or six colors. They're beautiful. I'm wearing one right now if you guys can see. It's like yeah, a, just like a nice – it doesn't crease. It's great for summer. You can use it in the car. You can blend it out with your finger or a brush. And, um, yeah. and these are in color. They're in color, yeah. Okay. So it's called Elf. It's from Elf, like you know that little brand that's obviously yeah. everywhere. Um, the No Budge Shadow Stick. So it's really great. And I'm wearing it for like six hours and it hasn't like I put it under my eyes too. I so also like those because it's just such a great way to apply shadow. Yep. Like instead of bringing a whole palette and a brush and yeah. then having like a fluffy brush to blend out, but then the like tighter brush to I don't know yeah I love know, using these it's, it's so just I'll it's good and honestly because my favorite ones are actually from Laura Mercier and the, they're twenty nine dollars for Ooh, one this on. is four dollars for oh, one oh is so that how much I paid for I have a Laura Mercier yeah. one I didn't know I paid you guys just need to come yeah. over and oh yeah my, I want to shop in yes your, uh, I need to shop in my beauty beauty room all right mine is uh, I'm I'm stepping on your territory Ami <sighs> and I'm uh, giving a it's not I mean it's hair but. <sighs> Basically, this has nothing to do with what we talked about today, um, but it's just summertime, and I use dry shampoo a lot. I have a lot of hair, but it's thin, and so I feel like my hair gets really oily really fast. Like, I'm one of those people who has to wash their hair every single day, um, which isn't really great for your hair. So, I have tried a lot of different dry shampoos, a million different brands. I've had stuff given to me. I've bought things. I bought expensive ones. Hands down, my absolute favorite is Batiste. It's like, you can buy it at CVS, buy it at Rite Aid. It's not expensive at all. I'm going to link some down below. They do have a brunette version, but I don't like it, actually. I don't either. Yeah, I just do the regular one. The powder does come out white, but as long as, like, what I'll do is I'll, I'll spray it, like, my root, like, everywhere, and then I'll flip my head upside down, and I'll, like, massage it into my scalp yeah. so that you don't see the whiteness anymore. It just, to me, doesn't affect the rest of my hair. It just makes it look like it was washed. So I know a lot of people use dry shampoo for, like, texture volume and, and volume. Texture. I don't really get that effect from it, but for me, it just allows me to not have to wash my hair every day. And in the summertime, especially when it's like hot and I get like sweaty and I just feel like even 
one day I look like I need to wash my hair. Um, it's really great. And again, just because it's so affordable and readily available. And it's drugstore it. uh, friendly, yeah. so it's great. Yeah, yeah you can always it's get it. They've got like a million different like scents and all different good stuff. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, I got someone else to cry today, so I feel like this was a big <laughs> success. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Ami, you're next. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll do this exercise of writing a letter to your children. Even if you don't have children, write a letter for what you would want for them in life. Write a letter to your 13-year-old self yep. or your 25-year-old yeah. self and what advice you would have given that person. Exactly. And uh, so that you can, you can feel the successes when you have them um, because we're doing a lot and we should feel good about that. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Please do rate the podcast subscribe to the podcast if you're new and if you can write a review first of all we read all of them so it's a great place to give us feedback but it really does help the podcast grow um, also follow us on instagram yes. at mommy group pod yes screen grab this screen right now tag us tag a friend share this podcast with someone you think would get something out of it we love you guys bye guys bye, bye. bye.